Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I'm going to go to the stuff that was said that was upsetting to all of you. Okay. From what I got from all of it was Teddy being upset, thinking I said these things about her, and I, I did yeah. not. I mean, you said things like, I am pathetic, you can't stand me, and that I've been living in my father's shadow. Anything that I felt about Teddy, I've said to her face. I'm going to be super honest. Brandy said that I want to let you know um, things that the, the group was saying behind my back. So you talked to Brandy about it. Bonjourno. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm giving you my best Dorit Kemsley in Italy, although I can never live up to her Italian. Uh, but we got to talk about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. We've also got to talk about the Real Houses of New York there in Mexico. Uh, I want to let everyone know that I'm also covering the Real Housewives of Potomac. You can listen to the first recap of that on the Everything Iconic feed. Uh, I think it was a fantastic podcast episode. And The Real Houses of Potomac, best franchise on the air. If you're not watching it, what are you doing? Come on. Put it on and watch it. It's fantastic. And that's an order. That's an order. Uh, you guys, let's dive into The Real Houses of Beverly Hills to catch everyone up. Last week on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, Teddy was an asshole and we're in Italy. So you're all caught up. Now we open 30 minutes after the dinner that happened last week where... Teddy and the rest of the women had confronted Denise about these allegations that Brandy and her hooked up, and the allegations that Denise had been talking trash about these women behind their backs. So we're 30 minutes after that dinner. The cast is split up into two suites, Kyle's suite and Garcelle's suite. Now, I would personally want to be in Garcelle's suite. That's the one I would want to be in. Uh, but Garcelle's is Dorit, Denise, and Garcelle. And then the rest are in the other suite. I was sort of hoping that Sutton would have been in Garcelle's suite, but it didn't happen. Um, and they're all talking about this dinner. Rinna says, I'm tortured with this. And look, I don't think Rinna's tortured by it. You know, like that's a little dramatic, but that's what Rinna gives us. She's a reality TV star. She's playing the role of someone on reality TV. And I at least appreciate that because otherwise it seems like these women aren't, are just not giving us anything. I don't know if you guys know this. They announced that the last episode is going to air this month. So that means there's going to be, I believe, 16 regular season episodes of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, then the reunion, which is a short order, which leads me to believe that they just didn't have enough content to fill the 20 episodes they normally do. And to that, I say, what's going on, ladies? Come on, give us something. Nothing's happened. They had one storyline this whole season. <sighs> and I know it's every season's one storyline, but it's like enough is enough. Let's just get rid of the whole cast, except for Dorit. <laughs> Not the whole cast, but, you know, we got to do a reboot or something because I can't have another season of just one storyline. I don't care what that storyline is. We need other things happening. Come on. They're in Rome and nothing's going on. Uh, but the women are all talking about this dinner. That's the only thing that is going on. They do at least have that. And look, I got to say, Denise is clearly lying about everything. Although I wish she would have just stood up and said, look, it's none of your fucking business what happens in my bedroom. That's what she should have said. 
but she was trying to sort of talk around it, and it just was very clear that she had a secret. And look, I still love Denise. I still, like I said last week on the show, I didn't like the way these other women are approaching the situation. It feels gross to me. And so, yes, I am siding with Denise, despite the fact that she's definitely lying in every scene that she's in. And it doesn't even, uh, it's not even good lying. And that comes from me. I'm not a good liar. Like, you can tell in a second when I'm lying to you. And uh, that's how Denise is. But I feel like that's a good thing. She's pure and she can't lie. Maybe she should be better at it since she's an actress. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I still love her. God bless Denise. I'm still on uh, Team Denise. It is what it is. Uh, Anyway, then uh, the next morning, uh, Sutton gives everyone these rain boots. And I just got to say, what was so impressive about those rain boots? Did I miss something? Maybe I'm just not aware of the designer that does these rain boots. But it seemed to me like something that I'd find at TJ Maxx. You know, I'm a registered Maxinista, and Kyle seemed very impressed by these rain boots. Has she not gone to TJ Maxx? Maybe she's just never been, and so she didn't realize that you can get things like this there. Uh, But she seemed so excited about these rain boots, and Sutton too. But I guess they were bedazzled. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the Swarovski crystals or whatever you call them are, uh, with their initials. But did you see him lined up? I don't know if this was on the show or uh, in a social media post that I saw, but like Rena's boots were like six inches higher than the others, and I didn't know why that was. They were like different size heights. I'm not sure. Anyway, the women split up. Uh, Rena and Denise talk first, and Denise says to Rena, look, I was blindsided last night. And she says, why didn't you pull me aside? And Denise was 100% right here. And that was my big problem with last week on the show. It was like, why didn't Teddy bring up this this horrible thing that uh, you know she was so offended by? Why didn't she pull Denise aside and say, hey, do you say these things about me? Do you say I live in the father's shadow or that uh, Erica's cold? Why did she do it in front of everyone? And then Rinna was egging on Teddy. I mean, we saw the footage. We saw Rinna saying, come on, Teddy, say it, say it. So that wasn't right. I wish somebody would have just said, hey, Denise, they're going to confront you later. You know, be ready for it. Because Denise was blindsided and I felt bad. I saw the look in her eyes and I did not like it. I wanted to give her a big old hug. Big old hug. But so they're sitting down and Denise says, I do not have an open marriage. I did not cheat on my husband. Uh, I don't talk to Brandy. And then she says, Brandy said to me uh, things about you girls behind your back. And then Rinna says, so you did talk to Brandy. And look, they caught Denise in a lie. Our baby's got a secret. And I, uh, it is what it is. When we're confronted with things that we're not ready to talk about, we do lie. All of us do. Denise has to be ready. She's not ready at this point. I wish she would stop again and just say, it's not none of your fucking business. That's all she's got to say. Next season, next season, Denise, when they come up to you, if you're listening to this podcast, just tell them to fuck off. That's all you got to do. Uh, then we see Dorit and Kyle at lunch. And they're trying to make this little feud between Dorit and Kyle a thing. I was hoping it would be a thing early on in the season, but it seems like it's going nowhere. They sort of make up. It's such a boring fucking storyline. I mean, this Dorit and Kyle little tiff. It's just so stupid. And it literally went nowhere. It went nowhere. What's going on, ladies? Come on. They make up. Kyle does make a really good point, though. She says she doesn't think Brandy lies. And she brought up that lawsuit that Brandy had with Joanna Krupa. 
And I don't want to get into the details of this lawsuit, but I encourage everyone to look it up because it's truly shocking. And the fact that it's not something we talk about every day of our lives is a surprise to me because it's, I mean, the allegations in that lawsuit. Wow. Wow. It's something. So look it all up if you're not sure. Uh, But it is a good point because Kyle says, look, she lost so much money because of that lawsuit about the lady parts. And Brandy wouldn't lie because she doesn't want another lawsuit. And that was a good point. And it was also revealed that Kyle had said to the courts that the courts, as if I don't know if Kyle was even like in the courts. I'm not sure how all that works, but Kyle was brought in for that lawsuit and she had to say to the courts that she believed that Brandy's not a liar. And then they dismissed her. That was interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, So then we have a little scene with Garcelle and Denise. Uh, Garcelle's doing a lot of Hi Mamas. She, I don't know if she was just watching a lot of early season Ronies with Heather Hala Thompson. Hi, Mama Boo. Okay. But she's doing, she did a bunch of Hi Mamas. She did it here. And then later on, she's like, Hi, Mama. Hi, Mama. How are you doing? Hi, Mama. How are you? Hi, but hers is more of like a she's Garcelle's got that sexy voice that's sultry sexy voice like, hi mama hi mama hi mama how you doing and I'm really into it uh, but she's doing it a lot every time she walks in a scene she gives us a hi mama who she thinks she is Heather I'm not sure but she does uh, bring up a good point in her confessional Garcelle says if Denise can deal with Charlie Sheen she could deal with Teddy and Renna Mm, wise words, Garcelle. Wise words. Uh, I want to mention Denise's confessional for a minute. What's happening there? Can we just, let's just take a moment. What's happening in Denise's confessional? Now, I love her. I'm definitely team Denise. But her confessional, it seems as though she's in some sort of uh, circus funhouse. And she's definitely slouched over. And it seems like she's maybe a couple Casamigas deep. And I respect that. We're all in quarantine, you know, having to work in quarantine. I'm sure she didn't want to have to do her own confessional. Um, But it seems like something's happening there. And I'm not sure exactly what it is. I can't quite put my finger on what's so shocking about it to my eyes and ears. But there's some neon work in it. Uh, I'm not sure where Big Dick Aaron is, but I feel like he's right off camera feeding her some Casamigas in a shot glass or a martini glass or, uh, quite frankly, one of those big-ass water bottles that you take on a hike. I wouldn't be surprised if Denise had one of those filled with Casamigas right to her right side, because it seems like, I don't want to say she's slurring the words, but there's definitely something happening in that confessional. She looks great, but it's just something we should all be aware of, and I feel like no one's been talking about it, and we need to talk about it. Now we said it. So uh, then half the women go on a Ferrari drive, uh, it was making me laugh. You know, I mentioned that Rena always says like, okay, oh, she always does an okay or an, like an, mm, mm, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> she was driving the Ferrari and literally they're going like a million fucking miles per hour. And you just hear Rena uh, on mic just saying, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't really need to see these women drive Ferraris. The Roni women would have been blacked out by this point in the day. It was like it was one p.m. or something when the, the they went on this Ferrari drive, and let me tell you something: Dorinda would have been blacked out, and uh, that's why I appreciate the Roni women. Yes, they're drinking too much on that other show, 
but at least they're uh, something's happening and they're moving storylines along. I mean, come on, driving a Ferrari. I don't care. They have driven these nice cars before on the show. We saw it last season. Remember Erica and Kyle went driving cars? I'm not interested in watching The Fast and the Furious. That's not what I'm signed up on Bravo for. Come on. Why do they keep showing us them driving fucking cars? No one gives a shit about that. Are any of us watching Bravo for the car chase scenes? No. I'm sure as hell not. I'll watch Michelle Rodriguez do that in a Fast and the Furious flick, if that's what I'm interested in seeing on my screen. So, Bravo, enough with it. It's just, it's too much. Then Kyle, Dorit, and Sutton, they go shopping at Dolce & Gabbana, and I don't like Dolce & Gabbana, so I'm not going to acknowledge the scene. Although, well, I will acknowledge one thing. Sutton asked them to bring uh, her, she doesn't like trying on clothes, and she asked them to bring them to her room. Now, I appreciate the fact that Sutton is opening up about body image issues. However, I do feel like it's sort of an asshole thing to do to like make people bring clothes to your thing and then so you could try them on. I, I don't know. I just, that, that didn't sit right with me. I don't like how these women oftentimes treat people who work at these stores or these restaurants poorly. And look, maybe Sutton had an inside with these people, so maybe they're happy to do it. But it seemed like a strange thing. And she did cry at the dressing room. And who among us hasn't cried in a dressing room before? I certainly have. Nordstrom swimsuit season every year of my life. I mean, every year when I go to buy a swimsuit, this year, 2020, was the only time that I haven't tried on a swimsuit in a Nordstrom's dressing room and cried my eyes out. Because uh, we're all locked up due to the pandemic. I've certainly been crying, but not over that. And so I did relate to Sutton when she just was in tears saying, like, get the fuck out of the dressing room. Uh, I don't like seeing myself in a mirror. Been there, girl. Been there. Uh, anyway, the other women, they drive their Ferraris to a winery, and they're doing like a wine tasting. Denise says she just wants tequila. She's like, I need to know how to say tequila in Italian. And it's interesting to me that they keep focusing on Denise's allergy issues. Maybe I'm just focusing on that, but they keep leaving that in when she said she's allergic to garlic and she has a lot of allergies. I don't know. I find it interesting. Just give Denise some mashed potatoes and let her be happy. I just want her to be happy. And I feel like she's already had such a bad trip. I just want her to get some tequila and mashed potatoes. Like that time she went to dinner with Big Dick Aaron. That's what she needs. Let's make her happy. Someone on the staff, production staff, should have brought in some mashed potatoes for Denise at that winery. You mean to tell me they didn't have a potato up in that kitchen? I mean, it seems like every dinner we're seeing Denise at, she doesn't even want to eat anything, and she doesn't like anything. She says, make it plain for me. Somebody uh, mash her up a potato. I mean, uh, seriously, she's had enough strife on this trip with these women, and she can't even eat anything or drink. She doesn't want the wine. Give her some tequila. It is just unacceptable. Unacceptable. But she can't eat garlic, and then it's revealed that Tom Girardi also is... uh sort of deathly afraid of garlic or does not like garlic. Uh, we learned a lot about Erica, uh, Erica's Tom. It's revealed that he's a powder and a diva. When she says he's a powder, I was like, thinking, this is crazy. Maybe remember that movie powder. That's what I thought she said. And I was like, Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. You guys remember that from the nineties It was called powder. And I, I don't remember anything about it, but that's what I thought. Erica was like comparing Tom Girardi to, and I was like, what does that mean? And then she said it again. And I realized she said powder. Powder. Um, I don't know why I'm 
saying it phonetically for you guys. Poucher. Poucher. <laughs> Denise talks about her family, though, and she, she mentioned her dad, and I don't know why the dad's not on Housewives. He was on her other reality show, It's Complicated, which I watched every episode of. And it seems to me like he was a good reality star. Let's bring him on board. Where's Denise's dad? She does say at this uh, little wine tasting, Denise says she lets things roll off her back because that's, um, that's what she did growing up. And she said some of the women in this group don't do that. And Rena just goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. Then they talk about this Big Dick Aaron fight with Erica. I don't know. I don't really care about any of that. It seems like them grasping at storylines, too. I feel like they're like, we need something else, so let's talk about Erica being mad at Big Dick Aaron, who's not even here. It would be more interesting to me if he was around, just around the riverbend, uh, in the words of the song from Pocahontas. But he's not. And uh, Erica says, if we could talk to Aaron, it would be great. So she wants to sit down with him. And Denise says in her confessional, she's like, uh, Aaron's not going to fucking talk to these women. But she does at the dinner say that Aaron will talk to them. And she apologizes on his behalf, which I, I don't know. I sort of felt bad that she had to do. I don't like this Aaron. I don't care for him. And I think he's nuts. But I don't like when the women have to speak for their crazy husbands. That's how I feel. Then, uh, let's see, we cut to nighttime. And uh, Dorit and Erica, honestly, at this point, I think they're just shopping at a spirit Halloween shop and then coming in front of the camera because some of these looks are great. And then others, it's like, what's happening here? What the fuck is going on with those outfits and the looks and the hair? And it's just, it's great. I love looking at it and it keeps me interested. I mean, when Dorit was getting ready, in the room, and she didn't give a fuck that she was an hour late or whatever it was. I loved it. But some of these looks, like, are are they fashion? What do I know? I'm not a fashionista. I'm a maxinista, and I don't understand uh, these outfits and the hair. A great to look at, but we just need to maybe scale back and maybe give less money to the stylist. I mean, Mikey Minden's spending money willy-nilly dressing up Erica Jane in a funeral veil, and then putting her in front of the red light. It just seems like a lot. And maybe it's because they have unlimited budgets. And I don't know, somebody needs to scale back on her. Somebody needs to scale back. I mean, Denise, they both looked unhinged. Quite honestly, they did. Sorry to say it, they looked unhinged, and I loved every second of it. And I, you know I love my Dorit. Uh, but, I mean, what the fuck was that? Then, let's see, we, we have our dinner scene. Uh, I don't know, they talk about Lois. Rena's mom, Lois, they talk about it again. <sighs> they talk about it again. <sighs> anyway, uh, they also order some food. Garcelle threw Rena some shade here. I, I don't even know if it was shade. It was just like, Garcelle went really in on Rena. She said in her confessional, uh, they were talking about Rena dancing naked on Instagram or, or uh, dressed provocatively on Instagram, I should say. And Garcelle says, dancing naked on Instagram isn't for me if my daughter had body image issues. Ooh, wow, I could not believe Garcelle said that. She's, Garcelle has shown us that she could be a really good housewife. Although, I didn't love that she said that because, I don't know, I, I don't like that anyone's talking about the daughter's eating image, or the body image issues. I know she's coming on the show. Maybe she's helping a lot of people. I don't know. 
I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe I do feel like it's a good thing. I guess it's helping other people who are watching. It's just a young age. I know she's 18 or older, but it still seems like a young age. You don't know exactly how to grasp those issues, I believe. Anyway, then uh, Denise er, talks about the Brandy stuff. She said she met her once through a friend for drinks. And then she reveals that she did talk to Brandy right before the party. So she is caught in this lie. And what she starts saying is crazy. She says somebody else uh, was sharing things with her. She says Brandy shared personal stuff that I won't repeat. Then she says Brandy has said she's had sex with every woman she's come in contact with, including all of these people. Uh, meaning the people at the restaurant table. And they're all sort of looking at Denise, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I think Rena said, like, um, are you kidding? She's There's no way she said she's had sex with me. Like, we would know this, and I don't think Brandy would do that. And I, too, don't think that Brandy would say she's just had sex with everyone. I mean, that was a, a weird thing for Denise to say, to cover up this lie. And I believe that if they weren't on this vacation, I feel like Denise would be coming in a little bit better because she would have a time to really think about these things and how she was going to dress them on camera. She would talk to Big Dick Aaron. They would come up with a better lie. Um, but this whole thing about, like, Brandy's talking about all these women and saying she fuck Kyle and stuff, it's like, that's not true. And it's not. But I understand where Denise is coming from, because this allegation came out, and she's scared of it, because she wasn't ready to talk about it. So she's doing whatever she can to protect herself, her heart, her feelings, her family. And so I understood it. It just was handled the wrong way. It was. She should have, again, said it's none of your fucking business. Instead, she's like, yeah, Brandy said she fucked you, Kyle, and you, Rinna. And <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Rinna was like, I don't believe it. And Kyle said that too. You know, Denise isn't really good at, at that dinner. She wasn't, she wasn't having a good scene, but I still love her. Uh, it ends on another to be continued. I don't need them to keep doing it to be continued. Enough is enough. Well, they're going to be uh, to be continued next week. We're going to open, and they're just going to do something boring. And it's going to be like, why did you use that to be continued this week? Like, there's nothing interesting that they need to throw that on screen for. They're just trying to bamboozle us into thinking that this is an interesting episode. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. I won't be fooled by it again. Bravo! I'm not falling for that to be continued on the screen. Come on. Okay, let's talk about the Real Houses of New York. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. 
Don't kill the fucking messenger. I mean, you can't have a conversation with this woman. Every time you bring up something with her, confront her, she deflects. And all of a sudden, it's your fault. You're the problem here. I'm home every night. I don't need this bitch to tell me where I am on my journey. She does not have a semblance on my compass. She's out to four in the She's morning. Crazy. She's crazy. Anybody out past 12 o'clock at night is fucking and finding. Okay, I love this episode of Roni, although whatever is going on with Dorinda, I hope she can reel it in for next season, because what she's doing here is really fun TV until it's not. You know, like that whole speech she was giving was really making me laugh, but then when I really stepped back and thought about it, it was a little bit disturbing, but I did love when she was just saying, that bitch doesn't tell me where I'm at on my journey. And she said this word journey a few times. I don't know if you remember when they were in the Berkshires. And Sonia and Luann were fighting. Dorinda had went up to Luann and she said, Sonia's always been with you on your journey to sobriety. Shame on you. Why shame on you? You sit with a friend that stood by you in your journey of sobriety. Yes, in your journey of sobriety. Journey to sobriety. In your journey of sobriety. Yes. And so she's she's doing a lot of journey work. And I'm fine with that. But I do get a little uh, uncomfortable when I see this side of Dorinda because we've just seen it so much and she's so angry. And I, we all love Dorinda when she's drunk and not angry, you know, or when the anger is justified. But it seems like this season she's uh, ex- expelling. Is that the right word? She's throwing out a lot of anger when she's drunk. And it's not necessary. I mean, when she's yelling at Lou, Lou is the messenger. Dorinda said to Lou, what did Ramona say to me on the be- uh, say about me on the beach? And Luann says, look, she said this, this, and this. And Dorinda just starts going off at Luann saying, you're on probation. You're, you're, I went to jail for drinking. I didn't go to jail for it. And Luann thankfully kept it together. She didn't say anything back, but I feel like Luann could have started a big fight there. And instead she just like swallowed her pride. And I was proud of Lou. I thought, good job, Lou. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about the whole episode. Before we do, I got to say they filmed the reunion in person, uh, which I'm very excited about. It seemed like they were following protocol. We even saw on social media, Ramona had a mask over her face. I'm also very curious where she got this mask because it looked like a very chic mask. It just went over her nose and mouth, but it was clear. I liked it. But I wonder, are they going to be, they're not going to be wearing them when they sit down on camera, right? Any masks? Uh, Because it almost looked like that mask she had on her Instagram social media post was that uh, something that they could use on camera because you could see through it. So I'm curious to see how it'll go, but I'm so relieved that they did it in person because I'm just so sick of these Zoom reunions. And I don't know, it made me feel sort of like we have a semblance of a normal existence here in the United States because we've had such a strange summer, if you even want to call it a summer. Anyway, the women are still in Mexico Sonia goes to bed, and again, Sonia was just such a hot mess. Leah's still mad at Ramona. Leah says, Ramona needs to keep my vagina out of her mouth. Words to live by. Uh, and when Sonia goes to bed, Luann smells her drink. Luann smells Sonia's drink, and it looked disgusting. It was allegedly Coke and Rosé. And Sonia goes right to bed. And that's when uh, Dorinda goes to talk to Ramona on the beach. And Dorinda says, I don't like the Sonia mess that she becomes uh, when she comes to dinner like that. And Ramona's like, well, you've been a mess like that, too. And Ramona's not wrong. And Dorinda says, no, I haven't. 
And then Dorinda says that Ramona's doing schadenfraud or whatever. I don't, I can't say that word. Schadenfraud or whatever. And Ramona's right. Dorinda should be drinking some water. And I hate to judge, but we've seen it on camera a time or two. And so I wish Dorinda would listen a little bit and then also not try to deflect and say that Sonia is such a hot mess because Sonia was a big hot mess. But Dorinda has been a big hot mess before, you know what I mean? So Dorinda gets so mad at Ramona, she runs back up to Lou and said, Lou, you've known me for 20 years. Do I appear drunk? This look on Luann's face. She's like, I don't know how to handle this. She said, no. And then there was like a long beat. No, not tonight. <laughs> she said, not tonight. Because, come on, Lou was afraid to talk to Dorinda because she knows that Dorinda will go from zero to 100 like she did later in the episode. But here's the thing. I'm never worried about Ramona's drinking. Even Luann's drinking. Yes, did she assault a police officer after she went in somebody else's hotel room in Florida? Yeah, she did that. She did that. It's something that happened in Luann's journey. On her journey, it's something that happened. But every time I've seen Luann drinking on camera, I never like worried about her existence, even when she fell in that bush. I never worried about her. Or Ramona. Ramona gets tipsy. She does the turtle time. When they were on Scary Island and Ramona's wasted, I didn't worry about her. But when I see Dorinda drunk on camera, it, it, it is feels uncomfortable. It feels icky. And same with Sonia. And so I love them and I just want them to get it together. I just want, and somebody, I do think somebody needs to say to them, like, hey, this is not good. Like, Sonia should not be drinking. Later in the episode, Sonia said she couldn't figure out what's going on until she reviewed her prescriptions. And she said it was the diuretic. She said, it's the diuretic. Hello. Said it. Sonia said, hello. Uh, like she was Mrs. Doubtfire. Anyway, uh, I don't understand why Sonia doesn't realize. She's a grown woman. She should realize if you're taking prescription meds, you maybe shouldn't be drinking. I was just on antibiotics. I didn't I haven't drank for weeks because I was on antibiotics. And believe me, that's not as serious as drinking on a Xanax or other prescription meds. And I don't, a diuretic to a diuretic. Come on. Alcohol is a diuretic. You should not be drinking. You get dehydrated. And it doesn't make any sense to me. If it was just a diuretic that did that to Sonia, then the next day she would have been so ill because she she would have been so dried out. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. It had to be something else besides a diuretic. I'm not a doctor, but I feel that it had to be something else. That's my opinion. Anyway, uh, Dorinda and Luann, they fight again. You went to jail for your drinking, and she doesn't judge you. And then Luann called it out. Just earlier, Dorinda was saying she wouldn't attack anyone, and now she's attacking me. She just, I didn't go to jail and break probation. I'm over every night. I don't need a bitch telling me about my journey. I mean, that was that was dark. It was, Dorinda, but I, I loved it, watching it. Unfortunately, I'm not proud of myself. The next morning, we wake up. Leah's FaceTiming with her sister, Sarah. Dorinda walks in. And Leah says, do you remember what you said to Lou? Now, the fact that Leah is saying this to Dorinda leads me to believe that Dorinda was more drunk than we even realize. Because why would Leah say that? Obviously, Dorinda must have been really drunk that night. I feel like maybe they cut some stuff, right? Um, But Dorinda doesn't even remember that she was yelling at Lou. She said, no, I didn't. And then Leah even says, Dorinda can never be wrong. And Dorinda says, I'm not letting this turn into something about me. And it's like, oh, she said she only had three white wine spritzers. That's it. 
okay, well then what's the what's the reason here? Someone's lying to us at some point. It's like Sonia didn't just get drunk because she had one diuretic and uh, uh, rosé and coke. Like there's other things happening here that we're all just not addressing or we're pretending is not going on, which is, uh, it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, anyway, look, Lou and Leah, they work out the next day. Luann says, the minute alcohol gets brought up around Dorinda, she puts it on me. She puts it on me, and she does do that. And I, I want Luann and Dorinda to be okay, and I don't want every time that Dorinda has some cocktails to go after Luann. Because I actually am feeling bad for Luann, and I never thought I'd say that. Because, you know, I'm not normally on Lou's side with anything, and I do love Dorinda. I just want Dorinda to go back to the Dorinda that we all know and love. Obviously, she's going through some crazy shit this season. So I get it, and she's filled with rage. She's filled with rage. Who among us isn't? But we just need her to handle a little bit better. And I still want her to drink and have fun. I just, the darkness that comes over her is not very fun to watch always. I don't know. The women are going on these camel rides, though. And Luann says that she hasn't been on a camel since the hiccup in Marrakesh. And they flash back to the Morocco trip a time or two this episode where Luann gets bucked on that camel. And honestly, I think that Morocco trip is underrated. I believe, I believe all of you should go back and watch it on Hulu if you haven't. I did a recap of it over on the Patreon page for Everything Iconic, which is patreon.com slash everything iconic. And you can access all of those bonus episodes. If you donate $4 more per month, I do one bonus episode a month. I'm currently recapping Sex in the City from the very beginning. So uh, if you want to subscribe to that, go ahead. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but that Morocco trip is fantastic, and there's a big fight between Cindy Barship and Ramona regarding hangers. And honestly, that's the kind of feuding I like on The Housewives. I like when they fight over something like hangers or a, a seat at the dinner table. Remember when Heather Dubrow and Shannon, I believe it was, was it the two of them fighting over the seat at the table? I like those kind of weird, stupid fights. Um, and that Morocco trip just gave us a lot. I feel like it's very underrated. Underrated. Uh Anyway, Luann and Ramona then talk about Dorinda's anger problems. Ramona says that she needs anger management, and she looks it up on her phone, and then she immediately diagnoses Dorinda. And I'm not sure that Ramona's a doctor either. And Google, we can all look things up on Google, and we'll diagnose ourselves with anything if you look it up on Google. Because you type in a symptom, and then suddenly you have it all. And so, look, stay away from Google when you're uh, looking up health symptoms, because it's not a good slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Um, then they show a montage of Dorinda just being awful. They show just her being angry and mean. And uh, Ramona gives us a good equation. She says, her anger plus drinking equals a very angry Dorinda. And that's a math equation that I understood. I did. So then we see Ramona and Leah. They have a little conversation. Ramona says, it's time to move on. And it's so funny to me. She says, it's time to move on. And their fight was literally what, a half an episode or one episode? <laughs> so quick. And on Beverly Hills, again, we're just dealing with the same fight over and over again. And on Ramona, her and Lear's feud, she's like, it's time to move on. And I'm thinking it was five minutes. And I love that they just move on so quickly. I will say, every time they cut to Leah and her confessional with that outfit with the gloves on, I gasp. When I see that look, I don't even know how to process that look. It looks like something from the Brady Bunch movie. Do you remember those from the 90s? And you remember they were wearing all those like flower prints and stuff? Those movies are fantastic, by the way. If you've never seen the Brady Bunch movie or a very Brady sequel, you need to immediately because it's fantastic. But 
Uh, that's what Leah's confessional outfit looks like to me with the gloves. Every time I see it, I like, I'm shell shocked. Sonia is still talking about the water pills, which is, come on, Sonia. Something else is going on with Sonia, and we need to address it. And I, I sort of think she's a liability. You know, I love Sonia, but she's definitely a liability. I mean, I, I'm sort of shocked that Bravo's hiring her. <laughs> I hate to say that. I mean, I'm not interested in someone losing their job, but it does seem like she's a big liability to be on camera that drunk and on prescription meds. And it's happened so many times throughout years of television that we've seen Sonia get so drunk. One time they had to call the ambulance on her. How is she even insured at this point? Last season when she was in Miami and she fell, they had to call the ambulance. She didn't know who the president was. Remember that? Bethany's like, who's the president? And Sonia's like, I don't know, Clinton. I don't know what she said, but she wasn't right. And how is that someone who could be insured on camera? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, then they all go to the camel. Um, yeah, they. it was interesting when they kept flashing back to the Morocco trip to see Cindy and Alex, because, you know, that's her story. We don't see them a lot. Uh, Ramona and Sonia, they don't get on the camel. Uh, Ramona does take off her bathing suit cover-up, and she had macrame on, and Sonia was like, no more macrame. <laughs> that made me laugh. Ramona's always wearing the macrame. Uh, Luann, when she got on the camel, she said, being back on the hump feels good, really good, if you know what I mean. And uh, look, I know she was just making a little uh, double entendre. Uh, She was trying to be the Samantha of the group, but I'm not sure I need to know about Luann wanting to fuck after she gets on a camel. I know the visual for me just wasn't great. Uh, Sonia did eventually get up on the camel. I I, I know I said she didn't, but she did eventually get on it, and she got bucked, and that was when she's like, get me off. Leah jumped off. I would have jumped off, too. It's one thing to be riding a camel throughout the desert of Morocco, but do we really need to be doing a camel ride on the beach in Mexico? It just doesn't seem like the same kind of thing. I didn't know that was something we do in Mexico. Uh, I don't like riding any sort of animal, to be quite honest with you. I'm not interested. I'd rather just uh, walk the beach. I like to go see the animals, feed them, whatever. I don't need to be riding an animal. I don't think it's very humane, and I just don't know that it's something that needs to be done. Right? Do it on a video game. Do it on a video game. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, so Luann wanted to fuck the camel, then we all get off of it. Oh, Dorinda, when they all got off the camel, Dorinda, speaking of like sexual innuendos, Dorinda said to Lou, I thought about John like one in the morning when I'm on John. That's what she was thinking about when she was on the camel. And that really turned me off, I gotta say. Couldn't eat any dinner after that. I mean, I was done eating for the night after I heard that line of dialogue. Uh, then we see the cabana. Uh, Luann looks amazing. Sony even says to Luann, you look like a Bond girl. You better watch out, they'll put you in the movie and then we'll never see you again. And I would like them to put Luann in the Bond movie. I would like her to both do the next Bond theme song. You know, like Adele did Skyfall. Let's get Luann to sing the Bond theme song. I mean, come on. She could be a Bond girl. She could be the first Bond girl that also does the theme song. That'd be amazing. Let's get her on the line. Uh, get WB on the line. Who owns the right to Bond? I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, Dorinda and Luann have a conversation. Dorinda says, don't uh, act like I was drunk. I had three white wine spritzers. I remember everything, and she's obviously lying because she didn't remember her conversation properly with Luann, right? I don't know. Luann's just being like, okay, Dorinda, and it's just making me feel icky. But you know what didn't make me feel icky? When uh, Ramona and Lou went to go play volleyball, Luann said, I'm 
I love volleyball. I'm really good. And then immediately they show footage of her getting hit in the face with the volleyball. She's not good. Spoiler alert. And she definitely wanted to have sex with almost every one of those men in that court. And I support that. I think it was a great thing. But she's not good despite being tall like a giraffe. And she should be good at volleyball, but she wasn't. She wasn't. Um, but it was fun to watch that game. I haven't enjoyed watching volleyball that much since I saw Top Gun, when all those hot men took off their blouses and played a homoerotic version of volleyball on the beach. I mean, that was a scene for the ages. That was a sexual awakening for me as a young boy. I mean, Tom Cruise without his top on. Woo! Tom Cruise, what a nutball, right? What a nutball. Still love his movies, but he's a fucking nut. But let me tell you something, when he took that top off, Jerry Maguire Tom Cruise is my favorite. To me, Jerry Maguire Tom is like the hottest version of Tom. He was like at a good age. He was like, I don't want to say distinguished, but he was like a grown man at that point. I know he's only like five foot one. Uh, It's been revealed too that like when he does beach scenes, like the female lead has to be like in a, a dugout hole to walk next to him. Have you guys heard this story? Like, they have to dig a hole (laughs) to make Tom look as tall as or taller than his female lead, which I don't support. Um, To me, that's a little bit misogynistic, right? Like, the women could be taller than the lead male in a movie. Uh, But yeah, he's a little pocket. He's a little poly pocket. Um, But yes, was I attracted to him in Jerry Maguire and Top Gun? Of course. I don't know how we got here. How did we get here? Why am I talking about Tom Cruise? Wouldn't you love to see Tom Cruise on one of these shows? Let's get Katie Holmes on The Housewives. She's fucking nuts, right? Let's get her on the show. I feel like she's one of those people that I can't figure out her brain, right? Like you see her on interviews and you're like, what's happening up there? I saw her once at the movie theater. She was coming out and she was clearly with a, she was with a gay man who I had sort of knew. I don't know him, but I knew of him to be a gay man. And I was, my biggest regret in life is not going up to her. Because I would have loved to have a sit-down with Katie Holmes. Wouldn't it be amazing? I'd love to know what was that like. What was it like to be in that marriage? What was it like in that house, in the Cruz household? What was going on there? I'd love to sit down with Suri. You know, Suri's got some secrets. She is, Suri has a story. Suri has a story. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, speaking of, speaking of shorter gentlemen, we got to talk about this scene at the Mexican restaurant when Luann was just dancing. Luann looked taller than ever, by the way. She was in that jumpsuit with the ruffles and definitely wearing heels. She was about eight foot tall, and she started dancing with this man who was about— I, I, Leah kept saying he was three foot tall. I don't know that he was three foot tall, but Leah did give us a visual. She said, this man is the same height as her pussy, and those were direct words from Leah. And Sonia, it made me laugh so much. She said she's going <laughs> to—I can't even say this line without laughing. Sonia said regarding the man Luann was dancing with, she's going to scoop him up like King Kong and take him home. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's too good. It's too good. Every time I start to think that Sonia needs to get off the show, she wins me back over with something like that. Uh, but they're there celebrating Sonia's birthday, and I don't know how Luann just started dancing with this man. Um, but I would watch a whole spinoff of Luann and that man. And then eventually uh, Luann leaves. She goes to the kitchen. She puts on a costume that's like uh, Christmas lights. And she's got the sombrero on. And she starts saying, happy birthday to you. And then Dorinda comes out. And Dorinda's got those fake boobies on. 
that she's worn a hundred times this season. I've seen that fake chest plate a hundred times. We've seen it at least three other times this season of the Real Houses of New York. And look, I maybe we don't need to see it again. And also, this all was a hundred percent offensive to the Mexican culture, I believe, because I, Luann and the sombrero and Dorin. I, I don't know. It, it felt uncomfortable to me. I don't know exactly. I don't want to just uh, add to the discourse, uh, but it did feel a little bit uncomfortable to me. I, also, there's people at the restaurant. It's like they were getting a show. I wish I was at the restaurant right there. See Luann singing a happy birthday. I, you normally got to pay $75 for a cabaret ticket to that kind of show. And these people just got to have dinner and a show. It was like they were at medieval times, except for Dorinda was wearing an offensive tit costume. Uh, and Luann was singing a happy birthday ditty. Uh, anyway, yeah, they, they all hang out. Leah was sort of attracted to the three foot tall man. She said he has the aura of someone who's six foot seven. And I think we've all been there before, right? Like you see a man, we've all been with a little pocket man. And I, that's not a knock on short guys. I'm a taller man. And sometimes I like being with a shorter guy, right? I've been with one a time or two, a little pocket gay. And uh, I find short guys can be very sexy. I find that. And also I feel like maybe this is generalizing, but I feel like they work a little bit harder in bed. I think they're a little bit better at all that stuff because uh, they got to make up for the height issue. And so I say, bravo, get yourself a little pocket. I think it's everyone, something everyone should do. Short men can be sexy too. Short men can be sexy too. And Leah was ready to hop on board of that three foot tall man. She liked him. She liked him. And uh, look, Leah did say at the table she was thinking about drinking the tap water so she could get a colonic. And Sonia replied with, I have diapers. And I know we've seen Sonia in diapers before. She's talked about wearing diapers before, but I feel like we don't really address it enough. I feel like maybe we should talk about it a little bit more than we do. The fact that this woman has diapers at the ready. We don't say that, but now we said it. Uh, also, Luana said, happy birthday, Sonia Rita. That's what she was singing. I just need to let everyone know that she is just still doing the Sonia Rita work. Okay, so then uh, Ramona and Leah have this little fight because Ramona's uncomfortable that Leah's talking about the downstairs parts. And Ramona walks away. She says, I'm a good Catholic girl. I don't think about that, st- or I don't talk about that stuff. And we all know she's lying. Leah says, you're a turtle time for life. And we see a montage of Ramona talking about sex. But I do think Leah is pushing Ramona's buttons. I think Luann called it out, too. It's like she's pushing her buttons, and she is trying to get a rise out of Ramona. And I like that. I like that. She says to Ramona, I like spicy dick, she says, shouting at her, just to push the boundaries. And Ramona is also, uh, uh, come on, Ramona, we know you like to talk about sex. All these women do, and that's what we love about them. This is the modern day sex in the city. Uh, that's the episode. I loved it, you guys. I love this episode. I just thought it was great. We got everything. We got uh, Luann on the beach playing volleyball. We got Dorinda in the tit costume. We got it all. We got it all. So that's the show, you guys. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. Anything else we got to talk about here? No, we talked about the Roni reunion. Uh, do the Patreon if you want to support this podcast. And uh, we have t-shirts, books, everything available at everythingiconic.store. Uh, and follow the Potomac recaps. Again, you guys, I think uh, Potomac is going to have a great season. The first episode was amazing. Uh, I think the Everything Iconic recap, it had a detour in it. People always ask me, they say, throw in a detour. And I threw in a detour in the Potomac recap. So even if you're not watching Potomac, 
maybe go give, give it a listen. Uh, maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you won't. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Let's do a little, uh, a little cheesy little cool down and relax. Let's all take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. And I want to, I want you all to think about a guy that you hooked up with who maybe wasn't conventionally, conventionally attractive. Breathe out. Now, this man in Mexico, he was a little bit on the short side, but you know, he, again, as Leah said, had the aura of someone who's six foot seven. Now, he's not what society would deem conventionally attractive, but he's got a sex appeal nonetheless. And we've all been with a man like that who maybe our friends wouldn't approve of visually. Uh, but I just think it's time that we all take a second and recognize those sexual conquests that we might have had who weren't conventionally attractive, and we should just celebrate them. We should take a minute to celebrate them. I love you all for listening. Bye bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 